0: Well, okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready to record?
1: I believe so.
0: Welcome to the Made Me Watch podcast. I'm Leah. And I'm Brian. And tonight we're going to be discussing not one, but two episodes of one of my favorite shows, The trash fire That Is, Vanderpump Rules.
1: It is a double dose of a dumpster fire, and so f- I've got words.
0: So the first episode that we watched was called Trouble in La La Land. And the second episode, I don't actually know the name of it, but I'm sure it was something about going to Mexico because they go to Mexico. So you have words, I have comments. Start us off. Uh, you have two hours of TV. You should have something better than. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, yeah, I know. Anyway, let's let's start. Let's start with James. Okay. James
0: is a British DJ. James is a British. The British want to be a Paul D. Yeah. Right. Got
1: it. Um and. He he kind of he's you know he's struggling you know he's he's been an asshole for a really long time and
0: understatement.
1: doesn't uh, he's kind of ran out of chances with all of his friends and he's trying to salvage it but um is he he's kind of impulsive a little
0: bit no he has anger management problems and a drinking problem and he like in a victim complex absolutely when people talk about like people with victim complexes I'm like yeah you know like sometimes when when they like say that they're being a victim they have valid points he doesn't. No, he really doesn't. He's basically... He's not a lonely child. He has brothers. They've been on the show. One of them works for Lisa Vanderpump. That's her. But he acts like a lonely child syndrome. Yeah, he does. And, like, his privilege is ridiculous. Now, had you seen, like, three or four episodes ago when his mom was on, his attitude totally makes sense. Because his mom, like... She's rough. She relies on him for money. He pays for his brothers to go to school. He's taking care of his dad to a degree, I think. I don't know. I'm getting I'm a little confused about the dad thing. His dad's also a very bad alcoholic. Yeah. And when James said, like, he went to a the therapy appointment, they filmed it. They filmed therapy on the show a lot, which is actually a part of the show that I really like because it normalizes therapy, and I think therapy's a very good thing. Absolutely. But James went to therapy for one episode, and they talked about how hard it is for his for him to consistently hear about, like, how his dad's a failure from his mom, and, like, how he's a piece of shit, and da-da-da. So we had this very calm, which is really difficult for James, conversation with his mom about, like, listen, you can't talk to me about dad anymore. Like, we need to separate. And I'm not a kid of divorced parents, so I can't, like, get into these dynamics from any, like, point of reality. I don't know these dynamics. But to me, it makes sense. Like, both parents talking shit about each other does no one good, especially the kid. And... So, when he, like, sat her down, and she's, you know, 50s, easy, maybe even older, and he's 22, 23, 26, somewhere in between there, he's saying, like, I need you to stop talking shit about dad, and, like, if you have complaints with dad, go to dad, don't don't make me be your messenger anymore. And she flipped out and started talking about, like, the privilege he grew up with, that he was partying with all of these famous British musicians, and, like, how his godfather was George Michael and how he took his first steps at Tiffany's and who can say that? And it was just like, who cares?
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, divorce is hard for everybody involved, right? Um, And especially when it's, when it's a nasty divorce with a lot of resentment going back and forth between both parents. Right. And
0: it was later in life, like they just got divorced like two years ago. For sure. But
1: it's, it isn't, okay No. to to talk shit about the other person even though it's it's almost unavoidable because every divorce that i have witnessed and been a part of is contentious it's contentious and there's always shit talk right but it just it's just one of those things where it's just inappropriate you know right um but knowing that about james his personality makes a lot of sense right and And that kind of drinking makes a lot of sense too
0: Right, because both of his parents are alcoholics. That's something that's like blatantly obvious. I mean, his mom went and screamed at Lisa at her restaurant for firing him and believing what the fat girl said, which is what he got fired for, essentially. And it wasn't just that he called her fat, he also called her a whore, said she was a waste of space, and did a bunch of other shit that he's been doing for years and not getting in trouble with. Or he's gotten like talked to, and he's like, I'm sorry I said that, but it's true. Like, done one of those apologies. So, it's a long time coming. So, for people to, like... You know, it's been one of the major plot lines. is like, Katie's a bully and she complained and he got her fired. No, he got himself fired. Nobody has control over your own actions but you. You act out bad. You say something inappropriate. You continue to say something inappropriate. You get drunk at work when your boss has told you, if I see you drinking alcohol, I'm going to fire you. And then get mad because someone rats you out. That's all you. That's all your actions, your decisions.
1: Well, when you're when you're in addiction right right it doesn't it it, that's that's part of the that's part of the problem and it's really interesting because it's only the people that you see that are on the other end of that process that really that that really show the difference in in personality right like i've got friends that you know, have addiction issues, and I've lived with, with some of them th- throughout those process that that process, and it's it's super hard because they they're different people every time you talk to them. Right. Right. But then you know that they're that you know they're still good people on the inside. They're just fucked up,
0: especially if you've met them before their addiction. Right. Where I think that's part of the problem with this group is they met him in the middle of his addiction. At the beginning.
1: Well, then, yeah. So they
0: never got to know him as not a drunk and not a mean, terrible person and not vindictive towards women and not someone who would constantly just say, like pick at your fault because he would always be an angry drunk.
1: Right. Really, I think it comes down to a confidence issue. I think so,
0: too. I think
1: that he's he's super insecure about... About who he is and who he does, which makes hearing about his family makes complete sense. Total sense. Cause total get. Totally get it. A lot of stress right. for a DJ at a small restaurant like Sir. You know, all notoriety aside, it's a it's a tiny place with a tiny tiny DJ DJ and dance floor. So it's not like
0: well, here's the weird thing about that too. It's
1: it's not like there's there's all this prestige. You know what right. I'm saying? they're putting a lot of weight on a place that really. You know, other than the T V show, it's not that cool. We've we've eaten
0: there. It's pretty gross. The food not sucks. The goat cheese balls are amazing and they do talk about that all the time. And I was so excited when Rodrigue ordered them because yeah. I was just like, I have been waiting years to try these and by the way, so worth it. But everything else you even their drinks at Sir were weren't very good. Like I ordered a champagne cocktail and I love my champagne and it was not good and I was just like, mm. Yeah,
1: it's it's not it's not all it's cracked up to be. It doesn't really live up to the hype, but it's, it, I, I understand where his insecurities come from. And it only seems like they, that people in that situation come out of it when they, uh, you know, after they've, they've hit rock bottom and they've done a lot of work that, that gets them, that gets them back out of that hole. And then once they're out of the hole, the confidence comes back. Right. Right. But you have, he doesn't have, he's not winning right now. Confidence comes with winning. So if you're constantly, if you're constantly taking L's and you're constantly pissing people off and you're constantly losing friends and losing jobs and asking for second chances, then you're not, you're you're, you're never, you're, you're going to have shitty confidence.
0: But this is what's so weird about this all, right? So he keeps going back to Lisa and I think it more has to do with the people. Like he wants to be friends with those people and he wants to be in the in crowd with those people right? because he DJs a lot. He travels, he gets jobs at big nightclubs, Vegas nightclubs, New York nightclubs, like, he travels. I mean, he was doing Utah nightclubs during Sundance and stuff like that. So he gets these jobs, and at the end of this episode, he told Lisa, like, I've been offered a permanent position at one of the big hotels in LA. So what's weird to me is that he's having these other jobs, so he is winning, he is staying employed. But he's so obsessed about working for Lisa, and I think it's just because they've been family friends for so long, and he feels like one of her kids, and she's a way better mom to him than an actual fucking mother. Right. The point where on that episode, his mom told Lisa, you're like a mom to him, and Lisa just looked at her, like, almost rolling her eyes back in the head and was like, you are his mother. Yeah. But I think there's just some weird dynamic there because he is employed. He does make good money. He does. I mean, I looked at one of his events recently and it was him and two of the other people from Vanderpump Rules. And the entrance fee alone was like three hundred bucks. And I was just like,
1: Nope. Yeah. I mean it's it's when you're when you have a show that's this popular, even if you're one of the guests or one of the one of the peripheral characters, you you make you make money, especially if you're a DJ. Like Pauly Polly D was DJing Like small nightclubs in in down at the Jersey Shore, and then hit hit it big on on the Jersey Shore, and now is one of the one of the most successful DJs um, around. So it's you you, he obviously built his career off of that, and I just find it I find it interesting to watch watch the spiral, but then at the same time pay attention to the the inconsistencies in his personality. It, yeah. kind, it just kind of puts it really in your face on what it's like, what what being a person that makes excuses for absolutely everything is like, without having to make those mistakes. It's like, you know, being being a wise man and just sitting back and watching people fuck up.
0: It's also interesting, too, that, like, he was telling Lisa that he hadn't had a drink and then he's like, well, I've had one beer, you know, we were at a Mexican restaurant and I was celebrating with his dad. Part of the reason why she got so offended by that is his dad is supposed to be sober, too. Right. So it's just like, Dude, you, you, and she even said, alcoholics do not get to celebrate with a drink. And he's like, I'm not an alcoholic. It's like, dude, I can fast forward three or four episodes ago where you were trying to get your job back and you're like, I'm an alcoholic. I can fast forward three seasons ago. I mean, Vanderpump Rules, I just looked it up. It's been on for seven. This is its seventh season. James has been a cast member since season three, became a full time cast member since season four. He has been an alcoholic since season three when he first showed up. Yeah. So it's not new.
1: I mean, they need they need spiral characters, right? And he's he's a polarizing dude, because for whatever reason, people seem to love to talk about this guy. Um, but he's also...
0: Well, he just continuously steps in shit. That's what it is. He just continuously runs his mouth when he should be able to walk away. Like, the whole scene that they kept replaying from, I think it was, no, the episode before Trouble in Walla Land um, that whole scene where he, like, got mad because he got disinvited to Mexico and started saying, like, fuck your wife, she's a bitch, she's a cunt, she's this, she's that. It's like, dude, like, just, that's one of those situations where he just said, I get it, I'm gonna do my penance. Like, I get it, I messed up, and I've apologized a million times before, and no one believes it, but can't, he can't shut that off. It'll be interesting to see how he goes further. There have been cast members that haven't been written out of the show because of their behavior, and I can kind of see... Is doing that if it doesn't improve because he's not a really well like when he was first on he was funny as hell so he's kind of what well, like he's become kind of especially with like everything that's going on with like me too and all of the um and this is like one of the episodes the episode the pride episode where he went off on katie you and i have talked about it personally because this is one of those episodes that i watched and i'm just like you run a business in california like they must sign some crazy nda that says like Anybody can treat you however you want. And I mean, even the Trouble in La La Land episode where Lala flips out on Billy and Raquel. Like, you know, Raquel's not, she's just a waste of space. She doesn't work for Vanderbump. But Billy does. And Billy's transgender. And in California. There's a lot of rights, as there should be, for people of you know transgender gay right
1: protected classes
0: they're protected classes just like women are and that's how it should be but i don't understand first of all i don't understand why lala lied about her behavior girl you're on tape like now she might have been in a rage blackout and just not remembered because i get that but you're being videotaped you know if she's gonna see it and not only that you know sir has Surveillance cameras well, regardless. Look,
1: look, all that notwithstanding. It's they, they came at her foul. They like, did.
0: You when you're when
1: you're when you have a parent that dies, I mean I luckily I, I haven't had that situation. Right. But it like you don't you, you don't get to throw that in their face. And it would it kind of it, it kind of surprised me. I I I guess it really shouldn't, but it kind of surprised me that the one of the other one of the other characters actually sided with her with you know against her saying you know people aren't going to aren't going to tiptoe around yeah, you forever. that was ariana and that's that's like such a bitchy move but why like i i get it you know you you are on edge right you are you are struggling with a with a loss right but yeah. you know there's the problem here is is that both sides are right you know Like, you have a right to be grieving and be upset and and all that.
0: And you also have a right to not be spoken like that, too, like that. But I don't think any... First of all, Lala's always been a contentious character. She has a lot of attitude. She loves to point her finger at people. Sometimes she's really funny. Sometimes she's really annoying. She's got that cross character. Right. I'm, I'm pretty sure her dad died unexpectedly. So, like, Jax's dad died last season, too. He had cancer, he was very sick, he didn't know he was going to pass away that quickly, but he knew he was probably going to pass away. I think Lala's dad just, like, didn't wake up one day. So it wasn't like he was sick, or, right. It's I think he had, a, had, like, a heart attack, and I'm kind of just barely remembering this from TMZ, so I really could be wrong. There's a difference of that, too. When your dad or your family member is sick and you do have the chance to say goodbye, it is a completely different situation from when you don't. And when you lose a parent, especially when you lose a parent at a young age, you definitely don't get to talk shit. You definitely don't get to tell someone that they're playing the dad card. No, no. Like, she's allowed to feel rage in her stomach. She's allowed to feel grieving, and people grieve very differently. And one of the five common stages of grief is rage and anger. And, like, you did kind of walk yourself into that by being so close to her and telling a close friend, oh, well, you know, she's just being really mean, and... It's because she keeps blaming on her dad diet. And that's not at all what she's saying. She's being mean to you because your boyfriend's an asshole. And you sit there and take his side and go, he didn't mean it like that. Right. I'm sorry, there's no other way to mean y- you calling someone a fat whore. Like, that has one connotation. Right.
1: <laughs> like, it's, yeah, I think it's it's just... I, I totally get it. I think that... Just me. I think that she... I think she's... She needs to get her shit together.
0: I I agreed with Ariana. I agree with you that I think Ariana was a little bit harsh on her, but that's kind of Ariana's personality. She's very, like, you deal with it yourself, you you pick yourself up by the bootstraps, and you make it work. Not everyone can do that, but I think Ariana did say at one point, like, I think she needs grief counseling. And I know a friend of mine lost her father, and she went to grief counseling for, like, a year, and it really helped. And, again, pro-team therapy here. So I just think somebody actually needs to sit down with her and be like, we get that you're going through a lot right now. We get that you lost your dad. We get how hard that is. And maybe we don't get it to the extent that you, because we've never experienced it. But we really think for your benefit, you should go talk to someone who's a professional because these meltdowns aren't healthy for you. But no one's really taking that. Everyone's just kind of being like, yeah, she's town right now. We're just going to let her do her thing and um, not get caught in the crossfire.
1: Well, yeah, part of... These aren't real people. Yeah, they. They're not real people. Whatever. Because her. they don't... I mean, yes, they're real people in that they're humans like you and I, but they're not real people. All of them just, just stir each other's pots.
0: Well, I mean, part of it is they're being played by producers.
1: None of them are real friends. That's not true. It does, like, because you don't do that to your friends. You don't. I don't do it to my friends. My friends don't, don't, you know, you don't stir each other's pots just for the sake of it, just to be an asshole, and then say, why are you upset? You know
0: what I'm saying? Well, not all these people are friends. You are right. There are factions. However, I mean, I follow a lot of these people on social media. I there, and There is a certain amount of it, that, it is, that the producers do get involved and push the buttons and push the, the chess pieces. But if you don't just watch the show like I do, like I, I, I literally, like I listen to Stassi's podcast. I, you know, follow their Instagrams. I do other things. They are really friends. But they are also on a show that needs to have good ratings. And if they weren't being pushed into awkward situations, the show would be boring. It's like Real Housewives. You know, like, those people do know each other. They do have relationships. They do go south sometimes, and then they pick up and get better. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I think, too, a lot of it is we're seeing an hour show based on a month of space.
1: You're, you are right. It is a... And they, you, are con- you are condensing... Okay. They are condensing lives into Correct. into half hour segments. And you could tell by some of the editing that it's not exactly what like what they alluded to isn't exactly what that person was trying to say. Right. Especially in the in the like the booth.
0: The confessional or whatever.
1: Confessional or whatever they call it.
0: They're called ITMs.
1: Sure. So it's a you know, I just I, I just felt bad for everybody everybody involved there. Not the assholes,
0: so but I definitely felt bad for Lala. I do feel bad for Lala, and I do feel like someone needs to pull her aside. I do think everyone's a little bit afraid of her because she has put hands on people before. Definitely so, so. <laughs> so I think everyone's a little bit like um, they did a girls' trip to Solvang, where she like. Thanked some of the girls that like helped her after her dad passed away and helped her get her back to Utah so that she can be with her family and help take care of her and stuff and she told them that like she was breaking up with her boyfriend because she's just done with him and they're all like this doesn't make sense like an hour ago you were saying how in love with you him you are and there was no fight that happened so like what's going on and somebody did try to tell her like I think this is all just grief and I think you need to speak to somebody and she's just like no he's being an asshole and then she broke up with him for 17 minutes, and then now they're engaged in real life. So there's that. But I do think someone needs to have, like, a one-on-one conversation with her and just be like, maybe go talk to somebody. I mean, she's talked about being in therapy before, so it's not like she's someone who's opposed to it. Right. But I think that would be the better route. But there's also this weird dynamic between Tom Sandoval, which is the dude that, like, I just can't with him. He's the one who bought the motorcycle.
1: Okay.
0: And his girlfriend, Ariana, the short, blonde Bob. Yeah. There is a weird dynamic where they're overly bitter that James got fired. And so they kind of take it out on everybody. And when anyone acts inappropriate, like, Tom Sandoval also has this kind of aura of him. Of, like, I'm better than everybody. And he can look down from his mountaintop, even though he does the same shit, even worse. And then his girlfriend, Ariana, used to have that, but, like, has come down a few pegs. And it's just become nice and cool again. So I think there is that part of, like, ego. And they feel like James got unfairly picked on, so everybody else should wash their back too. And I don't think that's an appropriate way.
1: I mean, at the same time, to I, live. Think, I, I think that they're genuinely good people. Those two, Tom and and his his lady.
0: I disagree on Tom. I, I, I think disagree.
1: He, I I think he's a good person, but I also think that like like all of them, he has his his flaws. Because I don't know, whatever. That's just the vibe I get. I'm not going to justify it one way or another. It just is what it is. So what did you think about the Tom, Tom opening? What do you think of Tom Tom first of all? Not the
0: two guys. The bar? The bar. Well, the bar's actually won a lot of records since it opened in August. And I've had a couple friends reach out to me and want to go. And I'm just like, I'm not taking a lift to freaking West Hollywood, dude. Like, that's easily a hundred bucks. Now that the train's...
1: You take the red, gold line to the
0: red line. Yeah, now if that's a thing, I'd probably do that. But even then, I'm just like, before we saw it, I thought it was going to be similar to Sir, where it was kind of a tight space, and I'm not a big fan of the tight space bars. I don't want everyone touching me. I want more, like, to be able to move. Upon seeing it, it kind of looks like it is bigger.
1: Yeah.
0: It is down the street from, like, all four of her restaurants in West Hollywood are, like, blocks yeah. apart. And she's yeah. pretty genius. Um, I'd probably go to TomTom. I, I know Samantha really wants to go when she comes back out here. So
1: TomTom looks. It looks yeah. really cool. It looks so cool. The way like the clocks and the gears and the right. way, all like that place dec- is decorated in like this kind of steampunk kind of style, which is sick. They pulled it off, and it looks it looks dude it looks so cool. It does look like a cool bar if they didn't serve you know the drinks that they do
0: well maybe these drinks are good because they're not made they're made by like actual bartenders
1: I mean that maybe I, I'd i be willing to go check that place out just to just
0: Just to compare just
1: to compare because it looks I mean just the details and the vibe and the, it's just
0: super cool there's a part of me that wants to go to Villa Rosa too which is like her fancy upscale restaurant yeah <laughs> that they don't allow to film at she films at Sir. she films at Pump which is like her other bar and they're obviously going to film at Tom Tom but Villa Rosa like Nobody, or Villa Blanca? Villa Blanca. Nobody films that. Villa Rosa is the name of her mansion that has swans. Fun facts. Sure. But what did, I, I thought the opening of Tom Tom was cool. I, if I was dating Tom Sandoval, which I never would, because, ugh, it's just gross on so many levels. But if I was dating Tom Sandoval and we were trying to buy a house in California where houses are not cheap, and especially the area that they live in—they live in West Hollywood—is very expensive, especially if you're trying to buy. And he went out and spent eighteen thousand dollars on a fucking motorcycle and sidecar. His shit would be packed up on the front door so goddamn quick, it wouldn't even be funny.
1: I think this is—I think this is just a veiled message to me, telling me that I'm not allowed to buy a motorcycle. But you know, he who has the gold makes the rules.
0: Sorry, those was a really dickhead.
1: Dickhead Ew. <laughs>
0: I'm just kidding. Anyway, inaccurate. But, yeah, I just, like, I literally, right before he talked about buying the motorcycle, they were talking about putting a down payment on a house. And I, I worked in mortgage, so I know a little bit about this. If you have bank statements that show you have X amount of money, and then you withdraw $18,000, there is going to be so much explaining about that. And it's going to just cause so much of a headache for yourself and your loan officer that it would just make me lose my damn nine.
1: I guarantee you, guarantee you, that bike, that was a sick bike, by the way. Mm-hmm. It was an Indian with a sidecar and it had Tom Tom's like logo, logo on it. Just because it had Tom Tom's logo on it, it became a business expense that got written off. There's no way he's actually paying $18,000 out of pocket on that bike without getting it back. Not
0: happen. Maybe, but at the same time, there this is the other thing that drove me nuts about this. They're only 5% owners. Together, they have 10% ownership of Tom Tom.
1: So who owns the other 90%? Lisa? Ken and Lisa, yeah.
0: Lisa and her husband.
1: They make such a big deal over 10%. Yeah. Really? That's what I'm
0: saying. You make
1: you make a penny on the dollar? Pretty much.
0: I mean, they're probably going to make damn good money. Because like I said, the bars already won awards. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we went to Sir, and it's been open for over seven years and people, gosh, it was so... It was still packed, despite it being disgusting.
1: It, it was packed, and it was it like the type the type of people that were in there. It, it looked just like a show. Yeah. It the people. The, dirtier. It was it was gross. It, it it's not like I'm. It's not like oh, we're we're. It's not like a jealous thing. No. Let's just put let's just put it there. We just enjoy good food. I've got family that that's been in food. Me too. I've got, I've got family that are that are restaurateurs, just like Lisa. So it's, does it doesn't. So I, I see these kinds of things and I know these types of tricks and you don't like there's a there's a thing about ambiance, right but at the same time you don't turn it so you don't turn the room so dark that you can't see the person's face across the table unless you're trying to hide some shit. Houston's. Houston's. Which I don't, I don't
0: understand either. the hype of that one either. Houston's either. is a local like steakhouse here in California and people will wait four hours to eat at it's so dark you can't read the menu you have to get out your cell phone and like put a flashlight on it like you're fucking 90 and they won't seat you unless your whole table's there and then they'll take you like and put you at the end of the list if everyone doesn't show up in time and i don't understand why everyone loves to eat there i don't think their food's that good and same thing i want to be able to see what i'm eating i want to be able to see the people i'm speaking to sir so wasn't that dark but houston's is a chain houston's is a chain yeah i didn't know that The one thing I will say about Sir is we did get a little bit of a skewed perception of Sir. I went in with pretty medium to high expectations. And not only that, I didn't realize it at the time, and I don't think you did either, the room we were in is like one of ten different rooms. So SIRT is actually a lot bigger than you and I thought it was, but the room we were in only sat like four tables. And also our waitress sucked. (laughs) <laughs> oh my God! That didn't help the situation.
1: Oh my God, she was
0: terrible. She like just never came back. We are just like, um, okay. We, we never got our drinks refilled. No, no, water's nothing. That's
1: that's the thing that kind of tripped me out, and I'm and I'm not, you know, I'm maybe I'm a little bit of a food snob, restaurant snob, whatever, but I, just I my expectations are just very basic, right? Refill the drinks. You know, make sure our food comes out hot, you know, be nice and have a smile. Very, very simple. You don't even need to smile. You just need to be nice, right? Make sure that our shit, our stuff comes out, comes out right. If you do that, I'll fucking tip you fat all day long. But if you suck, like they did, as bad as it was, and it was the bar area was busy, but the restaurant itself wasn't. Well, the room we were in. Well, no, but the outer restaurant itself, like when you walked around and and, when I walked around and went to the bathroom. No, I did not walk around. It, it wasn't that busy to where, like, she's running around like a chicken with her head cut off.
0: And it very well could have been... I think we went on, like, a Monday or a Tuesday or something. It was something. probably a training. And it very well could have been, like, the girl that we got was, like, giving her notice and was peacing out there. because She realized she wasn't going to be on the show or something. Or she's just a terrible waitress. It happens everywhere. Um, at least it wasn't breakfast and you didn't ask for your eggs basted at a diner. But, you know, you're not there. Okay.
1: Listen, people. I need you to write in. I need you guys to get on this train basted eggs okay it is a midwest thing it is my favorite type of egg just like pizza nobody can make them in california comes out sunny side up every time it's very simple you put the egg you you crack the egg sunny side up add a little bit of water put a cover on boom bitch eggs are basted i don't understand what's so complicated about that but for whatever reason we've had issues over the past few weeks with no basted eggs and I've got an attitude about it. And I'm just like, Jesus, I, I just want I just want eggs. Okay, fine. Fine. Give it to me whatever style you want. Whatever you want.
0: Here's the thing, though. You can't go to a freaking diner and ask for basted eggs. Diner is where eggs are from. No. Diner isn't. Eggs are diner and food. also, I've never heard of basted eggs until I started dating you. And the first, like, four times you ordered it, I thought I was hearing you wrong. And then you'd get it, and I'm like, oh, that looks like a poached egg. It's basically a poached egg mixed with a sunny side up egg. That's what it is. It's However. Runny, it's runny, but it's good. Just order something else. No.
1: This omelets a, aren't good. Only this, eggs. This
0: is a consistent argument in our is house. This really,
1: you guys are getting a, a glimpse behind the curtain breaking down that fifth wall because this is bullshit.
0: Dude, whatever fuck you and your base eggs, man. You know what?
1: I'm not making breakfast anymore.
0: You weren't gonna make me breakfast anyway! The stupid dog turned on the freaking stove again, and our whole house smells like freaking gas in here! We can't use our
1: stove! I'm going on strike. I'm not making eggs. Whatever, dude. Until we you, don't even have any until eggs. You, yes, we you do. Until you get me a solid basted egg, it ain't happening. Cool. F-O-L. Anyways,
0: we're going up to Big Bear. You can get it from um, North Star. Sure. So, speaking of arguments between couples, should we talk about. Tom Schwartz and Katie?
1: I think, I I don't know, I think that it's a stupid argument, but I get where she's coming from, and they are both really, really terrible, um, arguers.
0: Katie is consistently, like, trolled on Reddit and other places as, like, the most hated character on Vanderpump Rules, and I get it to a degree, but I also think everything she says about uh, Schwartz is kind of accurate, because... Like, yeah, he's been working, however, he hasn't really worked for all seven seasons. This is the first time he's had a job, pretty much, that he's been able to keep for, like, more than a week. And, I mean, you and I both work long, stressful jobs, but we'll come home and we'll talk or we'll do whatever. There's, like, videos of him coming home, changing, walking down to the hall to his buddy's house, not even saying anything to his wife. And just, like, going to hang out with his buddy. And the fact that he never sees that as, like, a problem is, is, like, she's right. And then, like, the whole time he's just like, you got mad because I got upgraded. And it's like, no. She was excited about sitting next to you on a plane and spending time with you. And you didn't give a shit. Yeah. And then how do you not even tell her you got upgraded? Like that's the other thing. Yeah, like, that's that's what that's what happens when
1: you're not a very thoughtful person
0: or a, or a good you're communicator
1: or you're thoughtful in in ways that aren't that don't involve your significant other. Right. Because you you go out and you spend you spend all this effort on a motorcycle so that you can ride up in style with your business. No, that's partner. the other Tom. Well, he and whatever. They're I just find them... I I just think that he really, really sucks. Yes, agreed. And that she also sucks.
0: I have... There's an
1: equal amount
0: of suck. She's another one where I go hit and miss. And I kind of... Not from dating you, but from dating other people, I totally understand where she's coming from. Because I've been in that position where, like, I'm slightly more introverted than... Especially, like, Brian and stuff. Like, if we go out to big groups, I get a little nervous. I'm not a really big fan of it. And I'm just always like, oh, God... But Brian will always, like, walk by and be like, you good? Or, like, he'll say something to me or he'll pat me on the back and he'll do something to make me sure that, like, I know he hasn't, with the exception of our engagement party where he actually did run away because he wanted to go drive a Camaro. But. It was a Corvette and it went. I knew I was setting him up for that, but literally like 30 people asked me where my future husband was, and I was like, I I don't know. (laughs) He was going, "Uh, doing burnouts in the street. Apparently, he was doing burnouts in the street in somebody else's Corvette. But for the most part, like you'll you'll be checking on me, and it's nice. And like at the Tom Tom opening, she kept trying to get his attention and being like, I'm so proud of you. I love you. And da da da. -da, He was just like, yeah, whatever, Jax, yeah, dude, like, look how cool this is. And, yeah, he does need to mingle, he does need to talk to people, but he's literally talking to the same eight friends he sees all the time. Like, you can put your hand around your wife and be like, I love you too. You can say something instead of, like, literally pushing her hand out of the way. Agreed.
1: What it really comes down to is, guys, this is when, this is when you listen. I know that it's mostly females that probably listen to this show, but it is what it is. It takes a half a second. Literally a half a second just to be like, oh, there she is over there. Let me just remind her that I see her. That's it. Very basic, not time consuming, not stressful at all. You do these things and that buys you rope. You do these things and it makes her, it makes your lady feel good and it makes you feel good and it brings everybody, everybody together.
0: It's all about the security. Like,
1: so do yourself a favor and treat your lady right. Right. Because when you're the when life with your lady is right, your life is right.
0: And it's just like the simple communication and appreciation thing. And they both also fight so mean with each other. Yeah. Like, so, like, they're both... Yeah, they were both pretty hard. They both consistently, like, they need to get rich enough to the point where they can hire a mediator just to follow them around so that when they do fight, the mediator can be like, both of you are taking this too far. Settle down. I think if they just learned how to not be so aggressive and mean when they're fighting but they both go into attack mode and it's just not good for anybody
1: and they both they both can't they they can't let somebody else have the last word in any conversation ever i've never seen either of them talk to not just each other but anybody else without having to have that last word which is another kind of annoying personality trait so i probably wouldn't hang out with them either
0: let's talk about sheena oh god fucking sheena man what about sheena why is she still on my TV? Like, I need to know. I I
1: don't know. She's at the fucking worst. What, is her story? What, what did she do?
0: She's the one who's like hooking up with the barback and like trying to say that they're friends with benefits, but it's like <laughs> it's oh, so one. confusing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Every time she starts dating or banging or talking to a guy, she gets so crazy obsessive, and her eyes light up, and like. She's another one, like, she was with her ex-husband for a lot of the beginning seasons, and he was very clearly on a lot of drugs. She said she didn't know, and I kind of believe it, because she does live in a rose-colored house where, like, everything's perfect and wonderful no matter what. But, like, she is just, like, the crazy eyes say it all, and she's got crazy eyes 24-7. And, like, she gets accused a lot of the show of being flippity-floppity, But it's true. Like, depending on who's in front of her, her opinion completely changes. And I can't deal with people like that. Like, if you don't like someone, you don't have to continuously say, I hate you. But don't sit there and be like, oh my god, I love you, you're my best friend. And then turn around and go, I wasn't talking to them. And that's what she does. She didn't get a lot of airtime for these two episodes, which I'm really thankful for. But, like, girl, go away.
1: I don't know. She didn't have a big enough role to even really... Catch my radar.
0: And then there's Kristen, the girl who cannot, should not be allowed to leave West Hollywood ever. She keeps saying she's not a bad traveler, but she has literally left every occasion to go home because she can't be away from her house, so. No. Probably no travel. And then there's Saucy and Bo. Saucy's a really... She's super hot and...
1: Blonde. And he's super... Adorable. I love him. Not. I love him. He's super... I don't know. That guy... I just, it's one of those couples where you kind of look at them and you're like, huh. But there's got to be something like crazy. Like he's got to have like a massive dick. No, it has
0: nothing to do with that. It's got to be that. Or. That's that's such a male response. (laughs) But here's the thing. You know all the terrible people on this show? Like, I don't know, Jax?
1: Yeah.
0: She's dated all of them. Her last boyfriend used to constantly tell her that she was too dumb to live. Like, not to that degree. But he would just consistently like use big words to make her feel stupid yeah. and like put her down and say like she didn't have a career even though she does and like be really mean to her. So she dates really shitty people. And Bo is like the most adorable, loving human ever. And he dressed up in a dinosaur suit, which I totally wanted to do to you on our wedding day for our first look. And then like seven people told me I couldn't do it.
1: That was pretty great. I enjoyed it.
0: But um he actually treats her right, and that's all it takes like you said, that's all it takes, right? Just treat your girl right and you won't have that many problems. You know what?
1: You know what? I just want to take this moment as as we are about to get married. Yes, we are. And I want to give a shout out to all you bad motherfuckers. All those dudes that were like, that, you know, those non-alpha male motherfuckers. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Those guys that treated their women right from the get-go. The guy that that didn't do the random random hookups, that didn't do, that wasn't the player, that wasn't the cheater, the the liar. The good thing about our generation is everybody talks shit about millennials, but the good thing about our shit is that the nice guys are fucking finishing first in this motherfucker, and I'm fucking happy about it. It's true. Go
0: team. We date the bad guys in like high school and college, and we learn that they're (coughs) terrible and steal your credit cards and you know, do all the fun things they get to live through and you know, you get that and then you meet someone wonderful and you're like, Okay, he has this flaw, this flaw, this flaw, but he's a really good person. you know, he checks other boxes that are way more important. And I think that's what's happening with her and Bo. Although her and Bo are really interesting and Stassi is writing a book and I expect you to buy it for me so I could talk things. It's called Next Level Basic and I want it because I love Stassi. She's my favorite character.
1: And those guys that never got the girl that finally have the girl Look at you now.
0: You're living like doctors. Ugh, I knew
1: it was coming. It was coming, whether you liked it or not. You know why? Because I'm Ugh. like, it's not. How about,
0: God how damn how it, about? Violet. I told
1: you, Violet, that one was for you. Anyways.
0: My co-worker has created a monster.
1: Created a monster.
0: Stop it. I'm going to get Shana to call you and be like, Dude, you can't do Boston. Shana. Who's Shana? Group text. From Group. Boston. Group text.
1: Come at me, Boston. Your city smells. That's accurate. Smells really, really wicked bad. So does New York. But to I love park because you guys can't fucking speak. You know, you got Harvard. That's about it.
0: Okay, focus. What? So you are a little bit like Tom, because you mentioned it, because Stassi cause was making a comment that, like, Tom loves Katie, but. He always sees something bright and shiny and gets distracted. I think I looked at you when when You did. You, you smiled and pointed at yourself and I said, I No, 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 because you do check on me at parties and stuff when you know I'm uncomfortable. However, squirrel mode never ceases to end with you. Nope. Squirrel mode for life. But
1: you know what? That's because people that people with ADHD, those those dudes out there that are like squirrel, 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 are still paying attention to that first squirrel, even when they're paying attention to that fourth squirrel all at the same time. You know why? Because we're wicked fucking smart.
0: Are you Stanley trying to jump over our backyard to get all these squirrels? Like, what doing? Look, man, I don't know
1: how my mind works. It just somehow works and then words come out. Can you and give me crap kind of about works. how
0: my brain works? Hey. Mine man, makes a lot more sense. It's just a paranoid mess of nothingness up here.
1: Yeah, but mine's not paranoid. Mine's like, hey, whoa, whoa, what's up? Hey, how's it going? What's up, Stan? You know, I, I have. Like, it's, like, all over the place. But Then know, I
0: have to remind you to, like, do things so your identity doesn't get stolen high and we're not fighting. Everything's okay. That's why I'm
1: the kind of person that, you know, it's may okay. or may not need an assistant to keep, me go, to keep me on the straight and narrow. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. But
0: it is what it is. So do you have any other... Um, I feel like we missed some people that... we that uh, some things that happened in this show, but... I think generally we got everything. So the one thing I will say about the show is the majority of the men on this show are terrible fucking people. The majority of them are so egomaniac... And so, only care about themselves and each other. And the amount of times that they lie about cheating on their significant others and like have each other's back about it and then throw it in their face when like somebody asks the question about what happened in Miami is just insane. And like the only decent male human being on the show is Lisa's son Max, Lisa's husband Ken, and Bo. And that is my TED Talk. Welcome.
1: It's been real. It's been fun. And it's been real fun.
0: Do you want to tell them what we're doing next, or do you want to let me do my social media before you do that? I mean, if you want to. Okay, so. I think you have to. Let's see. We have plans. We have a little bit of a calendar and a schedule thing going on of what our scheduled shows are going to be um, on the horizon. We've got a couple coming out that we're hoping to get to. Things are a little bit subject to change, because if we watch a show that hasn't come out yet and it's total utter bullshit, then we won't review it. This happened a few times, or the fact that like Hannah, the show that I keep wanting to talk about with him, I keep thinking is coming out, and uh, it's still not out, it comes out the 29th apparently. So, eventually, we'll review Hannah. I actually do think Hannah is next. So, we've got a couple of different things coming up. We're gonna review Hannah. Is that Bark Knight? No, that's Andy's dog. Oh, Andy's dog is so cute. He does have that dog does have an Instagram. DC okay, send me Andy's dog's Instagram. Um, I love Instagram dogs, so if you have an Instagram account for your dog, please send it to me. Cats need know and apply. But, um, yeah, I will follow all the Instagram dogs you send me. Maybe a couple goats and shit, too. I'm fine with that. So, our plan, upcoming plan of just a couple different shows that we're going to be watching is Hannah. There's a show on OWN called Family or Fiance. That's fairly interesting. Uh, we're going to cover the of Me finale. Polly B and Vinny from what's that show called, Jersey Shore, are coming out with their version of The Bachelor. Fun fact, The Bachelor has yet to be renewed for another season, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But we've got quite a bit up in the plans. Um, we're going to try and be more consistent, and hopefully we'll be releasing episodes more frequently. Anyway, I'm going to get to our social media. Do us a favor. Please rate and subscribe. You can email us at any time at mademewatch@gmail.com. Our Twitter was Made Me Watch Pod. I do do a lot of live tweeting from that account. Our Instagram is Made Me Watch, on our Facebook is Made Me Watch. So please follow, rate, subscribe, review, all those fun things. Send us emails, tell us what to do. A Couple of side notes. I just want to go back to a couple old shows and say I no longer watch Love After Lockup. It got too sad and depressing, and I also stopped watching Lindsay Lohan Beach Club cuz she's a fucking nutjob. So Just wanted to say that. Do you have anything to add or are you done?
1: It's been real. It's been fun.
0: It's been real fun. Okay, bye-bye. Oh, wait. We forgot to say if you're going to keep watching Vanderpump with me. Sure. Yes. Okay,
1: bye-bye.